Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. Creativity, resilience, hanging in there, doing your thing. That's what we talk about. And this week my guest is a writer named Matt McConkie. He is also one half of the hosting team of the popular podcast Homophilia. Uh, Dave Holmes is the other. And uh, we talk all about that. We talk about him working on the Paramount show Heathers that never actually got to air because of uh, all the things that were happening in the culture. We talk about a lot of fun things. We go into his obsession with Jennifer Aniston, how he owns it, and why we love her. What's awesome about the Aniston. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to get a plug-in for You Don't Know My Life. It is the game I co-created with Jeb Havens. We're in the middle of our pre-order friends and family capital raising campaign. Basically, you order the game in advance. We use that money to print the games. We get them to people's hands by the holidays. And this game is so much fun, you guys. For, for a while, our tone was, please help us make it. Now it's kind of like, this train is leaving. Get on board or not. But uh, you're going to be hearing about this game because I really believe it's a winner. We did a playtest uh, game night the other night at a friend's house. I only knew the host, uh, Christine. I didn't know any of the other people. And it was delightful. It was so much fun. It was so funny. One of the questions, we tried all new questions, and they're sort of based on the observation type. Uh, observation de deck type questions. One of them was, um, who was, <laughs> who from your school days do you still kind of dislike a little bit? Do you like how soft I am with that language? Um, and this one girl <laughs> told a story. She goes, this girl from fifth grade who insisted she never did a number two. And <laughs> first of all, I, don't you love those people that insist that they never do a number two? And second of all, there's a part of the game where Another player gives a hashtag to that story, um, and the hashtag for that particular story was Dookie Denier. So, anyway, maybe you had to be there. Maybe you didn't. Maybe that's amusing to you, even where you're at right now. The point is, this game is a ton of fun. If you pre-order by uh, September 1st, your name will be in the rule book and will live on for posterity. You can say you were there when it happened. And... Um, so you can do that at youdon'tknowmylifegame.com. If you don't live in L.A. but you want to do a, a game night at your place, email us at ydkmlgame at gmail, and we will send you a little box, enough to do a game night, and um, you can all get on board. So go to youdon'tknowmylifegame.com. All the info's there. All right, that's enough plugs for that. Can you tell I'm really excited? Anyway, on to the interview. This is Matt McConkie. And just a little disclaimer, um, we did the interview at his beautiful home in Eagle Rock. Uh, on a Saturday morning, and you might hear his dog, Faye, having a little nap. You might also hear a leaf blower come around. It's that kind of neighborhood, that kind of day. And you know what? You don't get those extra bonuses on Fresh Air with Terry Gross. So just just take it all in. We're setting the scene. Okay, here's Matt. Hey there, I'm coming to you from the beautiful Eagle Rock home of Matt McConkey, writer, podcast host, actor. Welcome to Eagle Rock. Homeowner, so dog lover. Mostly dog lover. Your dog just got acupuncture. I know. Hey. I had to warn you because I thought it, you were going to overlap. I was like, Dennis is going to walk into the strangest sight, which is our dog getting with covered in needles laying on the floor. Do you do it yourself or does somebody come? No, the guy comes. Right. His name's Tony George. He's awesome. Tony and George, dog um, acupuncturist and to the stars. He's, he's, he's a, he has his own real veterinary practice, but he comes here and... I know this is like the bougiest, most Caucasian thing any other okay. one's ever done. But you need to apologize right away. It's really like this is our child. We'll do anything. Does it she's help? An older gal. It does help. Yeah, yeah. Like she can. She's got a spring in her step, and she's got a whole host of age-related, right? You know, 
health issues, and it yeah. honestly helps. There you go. And I just met Mike. Yes. Are you guys married? No. Okay. Um, no pressure. It, it's, I just didn't we, know. We have been together for over five years, or I think we're coming up on five. And uh, and so it is at the point where it's like, oh, it's weird to say boyfriend because right. that implies you know right. young, 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 fresh love. Yeah, and yeah, this yeah. Is, um, but I'm not. A, I when I have no problem with other people using the word partner, right. but it's not for me. Right. It has a a business connotation. Sure. To me, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just call him Michael. I guess he's your know. Michael. He's my Michael. I love it. Yeah. Where'd you guys meet? We we met online, but we had our first date uh, at um, oh God, I can't remember the name of the place. Dresden Room. Oh yeah, Marty and Elaine. Marty and Elaine. And Marty and such, Elaine were magical for you. Do you know Molly? Marty and Elaine are this lounge act that have been there forever. They're in. They, they were in Swingers, yes. right? Okay. Yes, and uh, and they're still there. It's they're an still older, doing their thing. An older uh, married couple who performs there every yeah. night, and and you know they're not the best singers, but that's part of know, the charm. That's the part of the charm. Yeah, it, it was such. Good I've advice. worked on cruise ships. I've seen these acts, yeah. and I understand their appeal. Uh, yeah, I wonder if Marty and Elaine would translate to a cruise ship. I don't know. <laughs> they may. I just don't know if they feel like going anywhere. Oh no, no. Yeah, I don't think they're going. But to the dress, and that's a nice, fun space for a date. Well, it was such good advice for a first date. Uh, for, do you know Molly Prather? Mm-mm. She's a, a, a old friend, and I, I happened to see her like when this date was being planned, and I already like just from. It was one of the, like I saw like Michael's picture and I remember but I was with my I was at home with my roommate at the right. time my best friend Aaron and I was like look see this that's my boyfriend right there she was like I want him I was like nope sorry you just had that feeling I just from had the that picture and, um, and wow. so I was I, I, it was I, like I, I'm gonna marry this man it's like totally. one of those movie moments yes and so I was like. And I had been, I was, I was doing online dating and stuff and just kind of like not, and, and never really invested in any of it and didn't really care. But, uh, I was with Molly Prather and, um, I was like, I feel like this is an important first date for some reason. I don't know why. Right, this one has some significance. She was like, go to the Dresden room because A, it's not going to be a bunch of gay guys distracting either of you. Right. There's no one to compete with. Right. And, um, there's more importantly, it's like casual because... It's never crowded. You can have drinks. You can order food, and you can sit down. But it's there's it's not the pressure of dinner, so you can right. kind of like wing it if it yeah. feels like you can build your own adventure. You can build your own Dresden. adventure if you want to order an app. You can no yeah. pressure. Also, if there's a lull in the conversation, just look at Marty and Elaine. There's a lot to talk about there. It's a great anyway. If you're it in LA, out. you're looking for a first date. Go to there. Dresden you go. Did, and it was like boom on. For me, it was. I don't know if it was for right. It, the funny thing is, like we got. Like, I drove him home that mm-hmm. night, and uh, we were, and I had, uh, in, like, a, a CD I had burned of a new, well, it was a new at the time, Cat Power album, who's my favorite singer. Right. And um, and he was like, oh, I like her. And I was like, you do? Do you want to go see her concert on Monday night? Yeah, like, not playing it cool at all. He was right. like, wow, uh, okay, person yeah. I just met. Right. Sure, I guess. I don't know who that is, Cat Power. You don't know Cat Power? No. She... Her most famous song is called The Greatest. Okay. And she's now known for being, like, very, very bluesy. Has right. a beautiful, like, raspy voice. Okay. And she also was big in the 90s as, like, an indie rock Got you. girl. Okay. Anyway, um, 
I'm like, do you like Cat Power? Do you do you want to go to the concert? He says right. yes. He gets out of the car. I call my best friend Aaron, and I'm like, hey, is Aaron, Aaron a girl or a guy? Aaron's a girl. That's what I thought. Okay. I'm like, hey, I gave your Cat Power ticket away, so you won't be coming with me. Just so you know. <laughs> oh shit, that's the bad news. Yeah, but wow. the good news is I had a great date. Yeah. Anyway. She was accepting. She would, she, she, was, she, she got it. it. She was like, Good I would have done the same thing. Congrats. What does he do, Mike? He is a TV writer. Love it. And he works on the show Riverdale. Oh, right on. Yeah. Have you with watched? Those, yeah, I, I have dabbled in the Riverdale with those home, all that, that homely cast. I don't know how they I know. stand to look at them. I know. It's so, it's so cool of them to put those ugly I, I mean, it's ugly those unfortunate, you know, I think it's, it's time finally where we had to reckon with. Yeah. Such things. You are the co-host of a really fun podcast called Homophilia. Uh, yes, with Dave Holmes. Well, we are are you coming up on a year? Or has it been more than a year? It's been I think more than it's just. It's like a year right now. Like yeah. this week, I think. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, it's been really fun. We have an upcoming appearance by Dennis Hensley. I'm very excited. I'm going to be on the pod. Um, so I think you guys have fancier equipment. That'll be okay. I, it's a different experience. It's a different experience. I would much rather There's room be, for everyone, That's Matt. right. Exactly. It's not about compare and compete. No, because... We've read enough self-helpy things. Exactly. If yeah. you're sitting around a table, it's a different experience than sitting on the floor. Sitting on, on the, the floor rug. with a view, looking at the backyard. Yeah. It's it, all there. This is a, it's, a, it's a different different vibe, but... Um, yeah, we're very excited to have I him. I think you and Dave Holmes have really good chemistry. Did you know him from before, or how did you guys no, come together? No, it, it, was, it was honestly like a matchmaking thing. Oh, from, really? From Earwolf is the network where we right. do the podcast. And the funny thing is, like, I, it started because I did I, – I, I knew Earwolf a bit and had been a guest on different Earwolf shows. Right. And so I was um, doing – I did this, like, little mini-series for them called Rock Bottom that was about – was uh, the the sort of jumping off point was that show Finding Prince Charming? Oh yeah, 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 and the logo thing. Yes, and are so, they going to bring that back? No, I, the funny thing is that they they cast a second season. They yeah. found their second Prince Charming, right? And then I think it just fell apart. I think they were like, oh yeah, no one wants this show. So I guess we're not going to do it. But so I was doing. This I met show. I met the first the original Prince Charming oh, guy at Robert. a launch party. What was his name? Robert Robert Sepulveda yeah. Jr. Something like that. Yes. I was charmed by him. Mm-hmm. I was. We were at this party and we were mixed there. And um, I so wanted to just. I wanted to do that thing where you like. Can I grab you away for a second? Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. they always do on the opening yeah. night of The Bachelor. Just pull him away somewhere and just have some one-on-one time. Yeah, and that's what I wanted out. to call it initially. Was yeah. can I steal you for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, that's not a title. But so I think it is a title. I beg to differ. You were right. It. What did you end up? Rock bottom. We ended up on rock bottom, and it was like. Like I would do, I would have I like, like steal you away for a second. I'd have people come on and and we would like, we would talk about the show, but then it segued into a conversation about people's real journey to find Prince Charming. So mm-hmm. it was that's what homophilia kind of because homophilia we interview queer people about their love lives. Right, you talk about and, dating and, and monogamy, you talk about dating all that Shit. stuff. And um, Dennis is shattering broke one of our M M&M and M coasters. By the way, I just want to say if my mouth sounds full, it's because you. Baked. How did you describe them? They're very paleo, paleo, gluten free, coconut oil, b- dairy free, all that stuff. Muffins. That's, that's they're not like, bad though, right? They're delicious. Plus, I love coconut, so I'm all about it. I do too. Yeah. So yeah, you guys talk about love lies and stuff. So it kind of was the natural seg into another. It was show. a seg, and so when I was like, "Can this miniseries turn into a real show?" Yeah. They were like, 
they were basically like, love you, love the idea, don't love the title, don't love you as the host, don't, like, it was like, I mean, they didn't say that, obviously, but they were, they were like, I think you need a co-host, and they were so right, and... Well, I just know from my own experience doing things, like, I like bouncing off of people. Yes. Those people that do radio shows where it's just them and a microphone, it's not my jam. Yeah. Anyway. I just, and and they floated Dave as a possibility, and I was like, great, I love him, I'm a fan. Yeah. we, We had, like... Exchanged Twitter pleasantries once. Right. Oh, and there's such a thing as pleasantries on Twitter. Occasionally, this well, this was a different time. It was pre. Yeah. It was pre shit show. And so um, I was like, I love the idea. He'll never do it. But then he said, Yeah. There you go. And um, now you guys have to record at the same time every week. Is it very much like this is our thing? It no, no it's pretty flexible. Yeah. Mm. We and, and sometimes we like right now we are in a. Um, whatever the opposite of a deficit is, we have where we a have surplus. a surplus. Of, uh, where we've banked a lot of episodes, because you do one a week stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One comes out a week, comes out every Friday. Yeah. What has it meant to you in your life to to have this forum and to talk about these things? And what have you sort of observed about the state of queer life and romance and dating um, things? It's interesting. I feel like it's. I mean, the best part for me, for sure, is the is kind of the meat of the interview where we really get into it right. and people talk about I, I don't I, I think like a spe- I mean we have a wide range of guests who from all who do right, right, you right. Know, like filmmakers and writers and a, a lot of comedians of course and it is like steeped in comedy because it's earwolf and everything but it's a lot of people that I think you just normally don't hear them talk about their love lives right I loved I just listened to the Scott Thompson one. And when you kind of segged into that, like, coming out, and like, the, let's get to the real stuff, you could hear him kind of go, ugh. Yeah. And yet, yeah. once he got going, it was fascinating and yeah. honest, and I'm a huge fan of his work, and I think he was such a trailblazer, and, like, he was the guy that was out when no one else was. Exactly. And, but, like, talking about the, he, there's a bathhouse downtown yeah. that he knows about that I'd never heard of. Um, but, yeah, I like when the... When people start getting into it. Yeah, I feel like that's the thing that happens the most is that we're like, okay, so now we're going to segue into talking about your love life. And they're like, I'm not going to have anything to say. And then there's so then much. They, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's Can you guys run over or do you have a time limit? How does it work? I, they, sometimes they will like sort of give us yeah. the wrap up thing. Yeah. But if it's if it's running long because the conversation is so great. Right, but you don't like, have to. Not you don't have a hard out like this can only be X amount of time. No, but okay. I, I think they are like. If you go over like an hour and ten minutes, yeah, no one's gonna want to listen to it. But yeah, yeah, that hasn't been that hasn't been the case. Hasn't been the case so far. I was looking at all your guests, and I've listened to a lot of them. My most jealous, in terms of like, oh, I'm such a fan of that person. Who do you think it would be? Uh, God, I don't. I mean, I feel like you've interviewed everyone, but so I I don't know how. It's somebody who has whose star has risen a lot in the last year or two in the last year or two god who have we had post trump um god i don't john know. love it john oh john love it of course i'm such a fan i think he's I so too. smart and he's funny as hell he's he's one of the hosts on pot save america um and love it or leave it and but his observations he he can distill things down. Yeah. Like he's I think he's got the role of the funny guy on the show. Mm-hmm. He's also 
maybe the most um god when he can he can boil something down yeah. to the what's really going on in the emotional dynamics and politics yeah. and like he he is smart as hell he is and we what was I, he like he was great. i mean i heard I the interview that was great he was really sweet and it was we had to like chase him for a while yeah and uh and then when we finally got him i was so psyched because i thought that i i, I so i was talking about him in a like a meeting or something and this right. per, and i thought that i got in, an inside scoop in this meeting right. ended up being public knowledge but right. this woman was like do you know who his partner of like eight years is ronan farrow i didn't know they been together that long something like eight years oh, ronan wow, okay. farrow. and i jumped i was like what i'm interviewing right. him in a couple of weeks i cannot wait. we are going to get into that like right. That's a power couple, if I've ever right. heard of, of one. Of the, the mind, the zeitgeist yes. moment with them and their brains and their humor and their... And just the dinner parties these people are having. Like, what is their life? And, and, and Ronan Farrow is blowing the shit up. Yeah. He's, he, I mean, that, he is a trailblazer. Yeah. Like, talk about how to, how to be an ally to women if you are not one. I mean, right. I don't know a better example than him, like... This is something else I wanted to bring up, but you you dug you dug love it. I, I dug love it, but the anyway the the disappointing part is once we got to that he was like I don't talk about my relationship. Yeah. So we never even uttered the name. I tried to like wow because because I, I thought because when you said they've been together eight years, I was like oh I didn't know that they made it sound like he crashes on his sofa sometimes when he's in L A and maybe they dated or whatever. No, I, okay. they're, they're definitely in a, they're a and, Yes, and, and, I'm not surprised to hear it. Yeah, but I didn't. He certainly doesn't talk about it. In no, the they, they both do a very good job of keeping yeah. the lid on that. All right, but. fair enough. Whatevs. Um, but here's what else I wanted to talk to you about, because you have friends who are actresses. Mm -hmm. I think the role that gay men are playing in the Me Too story, like, I, I think it, Ronan Farrow was the guy to do that story. I yeah. mean, I think there are also the women at the New York Times that broke it or whatever. Yeah, right. It, it's why... It's a different story in a way. It's why Stormy Daniels and the Clifford, whoever the other Playboy Bunny was, it's yeah. why they talked to Anderson Cooper. Right. Because it's um, not a straight guy that's going to, you know, leer right. at them or whatever. Or, um, and it's, it's, and I don't know. I it's, just feel like gay guys are playing an interesting role in this moment in terms of uh, the Me Too yeah. movement. Yeah, it's, it's really, because I think like, we all, by I mean, just speaking in like sweeping generalizations, right. we gay men tend to think of ourselves as uh, feminists, and we yes. tend to celebrate uh, women, and um, you know, and I think take it for granted that we come to that place. But I think even for us, it's like we're all asked to look at our own yeah. behavior and the language that we use, and uh, you know, we can all do better. Yeah. When you have friends who are actresses, I know you're good friends with Casey Wilson mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and things like that. When the Me Too story broke and all these stories came out, I had this feeling of like, oh, wow, it's way worse than I thought it was. Yeah. Did you feel that way or was like, no, I, this is kind of what I've been hearing for years through, I, the, through the world that you're sort of uh, yeah. associated with? I wasn't surprised by any of it, and I feel like in my in my like social circle, no one was surprised. Right. I, I don't. I don't remember anyone having like a 
a, like a, a, a personal story that they couldn't right. share. There may be some that I'm not aware of or that I'm not sure. even remembering. But I mean, I think in general, if like the like the you know actresses that I know have probably experienced more of the um, like the the everyday bullshit yeah. as opposed yeah, yeah, to yeah. sort of one explosive. Right events maybe they have been lucky enough to dodge some of that but right. i think there's no dodging the everyday onslaught constant just all the time and i think the gay man in their lives were probably people that they were able to talk to that about that for years and years and you know you know that's probably one of the yeah. places that they were able to vent about it i i wasn't surprised about the dynamic but i was surprised about the relentlessness of it and the and the numbers right. if you told me that harvey weinstein had been inappropriate with 10 to 15 actresses, okay. Yeah. Oh, 80, 90, 200, Cosby? Like, it's the volume. That's what's crazy, yeah. I mean, in, uh, the, and the money they would spend, and the, like, the ugly, like, the moral of the story is the horrible people are way worse than we even thought. Way, way worse. And it's, you know, I, I think now we're in a stage where people are, um, people are being fired or they're losing their, their power because they absolutely should. Right, but the, sometimes the people who are doing the firing and are distancing themselves are people who are only doing it because that is now what's the norm. Right, but they're like I, I, I do know of examples of like people who have been taken down and the the powers that be that are like we are horrified by this and we're stepping away knew about it for a long time. Right, and, did, and just didn't do anything about it because that person was doing their job correctly right. in their eyes and. Uh, and so it is I guess I, I do I do have a little bit of a cynical point of view about it, only in that I think there are people who are kind of getting in line right. simply because they they know that the culture won't allow them to do anything else. Right. But it's kind of like Okay, fine. If some people are in it for the wrong reasons, but they're still in it, great. As right. long as the 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 pendulum has is swinging in the right direction. Yeah. That's an important thing. Yeah, you know? it's crazy. Now, have you gotten to travel much with homophilia? Have a you little done, bit. Where I mean, do you get to go? We have gone. Um, our first show that we did like outside. Well, we we went to see to um, to see Justin Simeon, who created Dear White People, and they shoot up in it's somewhere kind of kind of far. I mean, it's in LA, but it was like that was our first sort of field trip. Like okay. we went to them yeah, instead yeah, yeah. of them coming to us, and then um, and then we did. Uh, DragCon. Oh, we fun. interviewed Dusty Ray Bottoms okay. at DragCon, which was so so fun. But I, aren't you going to Montreal, or did you go to Montreal? And so we did just yeah. yeah. And so, but then we went to uh, we went to Provincetown, and we did a thing at the Provincetown Film Festival with Love it. Uh, Christine Vachon, Love it, movie producer who was who was awesome. And uh, and then we did um, Just for Laughs right. last weekend. Okay. And um, then next month we're going to the London Podcast Festival. How fun! So yeah, we have. So we're not at the point where we're like, you know, like throwing shade is constantly going on tour, right? And hitting and they, all the cities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they and, like they, and, and, and they sell out, and they're yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, um, and we're like at a sort of a you know a more junior level where we're like we're going to do some cool stuff. We're not right. doing cool stuff year like round. on that scale. But, yeah, 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 yeah. But it That's might cool. it might come to that. It might not. This was like. Doing that podcast was really just kind of like you walk through every door that opens and you yeah. don't know what. Let's see how this goes. Yeah, I love it. It's fun. It is fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, are you guys? Uh, this is a, an era where 
there's a there's a really focused awareness on language mm-hmm. and oh we don't say that anymore mm-hmm. oh shit um, representation yeah. all of that stuff like like for example Pod Save America we were talking about them I feel it's all those like Obama Bros and yeah. they're awesome I wouldn't change any one of them but you feel how much they try to bring the others yes. in whenever they can like they're acutely aware of it yeah what is this moment like to to build a new thing with all of those concerns. I mean, it's especially with social media and stuff. I think it's it, it's it's good because it has um, it has just expanded the conversation. You mm-hmm. know, I, I definitely don't feel like oh fuck, we're censored. We can't say as much as we we want to say. Right. I don't feel that. But I and you're a sensitive person. I, it's not like oh fuck. Right, right. I'm but, such a dick, and I'm this is the wrong era for me. Right. Like it's, not, your personality is not unsuited to to. Uh, a certain kind of enlightenment. I mean, I I feel like it. We do make um, a a good effort because we're two white gay men, and so we do really make an effort. To, like, if right. we, we could just using our own immediate social circle right. interview a fellow white gay men and have a packed guest list for the rest of the year. Yeah. And so we're really. I can give a fuck to, after I do my thing. I don't give a fuck what you do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, and, but it's like. Um, yeah, I mean, you'll be the exception. You'll I'll be, be our one-way game. I'll be, yeah. No, exactly. but it is like, uh, so we do, we make an effort to like, exp- you know, because the queer community is not a, it's not a monolith. It's not a monolith. And, uh, there are, and I, and like traditionally, I don't, you know, I don't like white gay guys sometimes like stick to their own and they, and, and they are only talking to sort of guys who look like them and come from the same background and like. I think that's, that's less and less, though. Like, I remember when I was sort of coming out, like, you would go to certain bars and, like, oh, this is the white guy bar. Right. Oh, this is the Latin bar or yeah. whatever. Like, oh, it's Asian night at Rage or whatever. I feel like maybe that's a little bit less or things are, or at least there are places where it's a lot more mixed up, which right. is, I think is good. I do, too. And yeah. I, and so I, we're, we're kind of trying to do that with our, with our show and who we, who we talk to. And, and I'm um, like, we had, um, we had Our Lady J on mm-hmm. recently, and uh, she's... I saw her perform at The Village. Musician, trans, yeah. sensational. She's incredible, and um, and she's she's like a like an actual genius. I think mm-hmm. and she's um, a classical pianist, and and now she's writing and producing Pose. Right. And uh, we had a, we had an interesting comment. That was the only time that I, that I, I I think a guest has really kind of asked me to like check my privilege a little bit because she is, uh, she's very outspoken about being HIV positive. Right. And, um, and, and what I often tell, like when we're interviewing guests who are like single and they're dating, but it's not going kind of quite their way. And, but they do want more. Um, I, I want to be very encouraging of that and be like, I think you can have, have more. And, And so that, that's kind of the, the direction our, our conversation was going and I was like you know I think if you if you want to get married and have kids like you 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 can do that and she said you know that is such a that is such an HIV negative perspective that you have she, she calls you out like, yeah and it was like ah, fuck that's true I mean I still believe that but you, you, you're trying to encourage you're trying to you aren't you're trying to say oh you should pack it in you're fucked <laughs> yeah no of course but and you're like, trying to be a good host and encouraging right yeah but it's you know, but that's that's why the yeah. it's good to do. That's why it's good to have those conversations. Yeah. It, that it's like 
how easy for you to say, yeah, like, oh, you can have it, have it all. And by the way, I, I still believe that she she can and should. Yeah, and um, I don't even think that she doesn't think that she can and should. But I think it's you know. It was. It was. It was. It she was, she it gave was, you a little uh, moment. Yeah, she gave you a little moment. It was good. Oh man, I remember. Who did we? When I was on this radio show, radio with a twist, uh, we were doing this like series where we would talk to like real gay trailblazers and yeah. sort of honor them for Pride Month or whatever. And like Barney Frank came, was on. It was, oh, these wow. are all phone interviews. We had Larry Kramer on. Oh my god. Oh fuck. He ripped us all new assholes for not doing enough. And for like he was not yeah. having our cute little um, no, you no, know no. trifecta hosting uh, gay moment. That's but what you sign up for with a Larry Kramer. You though, do right? though. Like, you want you, yeah. you know. You're like I'd be yeah. disappointed if you didn't yeah. scream at me. Yeah, something. The night Larry Kramer uh, bitch slapped me <laughs> verbally. Um, so there's that. What are there any topics or things that have come up that are recurring that are like that you feel like. Oh wow! Well, this is something we've really chewed on on this show. Um, we uh, like the monogamy comes up a lot, yeah. and open relationships come up a yeah. lot. And Especially, I just listened to the Dan Savage too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, what I didn't, what I wish I would have said. To, I mean, the the we sort of veered away from this before. Is that I mean, I, like Dan Savage has done such a great job of kind of educating people on the the benefits and the yeah. and the I guess dangers of, of open relationships and stuff. And he, you know, coined the term monogamish and that's right. like what he practices. And I know a lot of gay guys that are, and I happen to be in a monogamous relationship. Right. But I think what often happens is that you, is that people who are in open relationship, that, that that's almost become the norm in, um, in like, you know, yeah. gay relationships. Um, opening it up a little bit or having some version and that if you are if you choose not to do that i think there's often a condescending like okay girl call me in a year yeah and it's like no maybe this is just what works for us yeah it's what works for us i'm also a jealous bitch and i will are you a jealous bitch no i'm kidding i'm michael gives me no reason to be but um i yeah i mean i am i am pretty petty Really? I, That's not, good it, to hear. No, I was more when I was younger. Yeah. Like, I was the, like, if a, if a, like, I got dumped or, or scorned, I right. was constantly trying to be Angela Bassett fucking I'm set the light, car on yeah. fire. Um, What's a stunt you pulled? Did you pull any stunts? I, well, there was one break. Actually, they, the, around the time that I met you, I had right. just gone through this horrible breakup, and I was, like... Losing my mind a little bit, and really? I was drinking so much and partying a ton, and and really just trying to like, um, it's it's yeah, yeah. Anyway, that guy um, lived in a house down in like um, uh, at Pico Rivera or somewhere like, yeah. and he um, notoriously would would like he was like kind of sloppy and like would always leave the door unlocked and stuff. Right. I had this one day where I went, I, I packed up a bag. You're constantly looking for ways to try to get that person's attention. And right. they're kind of like, I don't, I broke up with you. I don't, yeah. you're not, you're not going to get a, a rise out right. of me. Yeah, yeah. I did this thing where I, I packed up a bag of all of the like mementos we had. It would be like tickets from like shows we yes. went to or like a, just anything, a, a piece of his clothing that he gave me or whatever. 
put it in a bag and like marched myself over to his place and plopped it on the doorstep, walked away. Anyway, as I'm walking back to my car, I remember, oh my God, he never locks his door. I knew he wasn't home. And so I went into his house, fully broke into his house. Fuck yes. Fully went through his shit. It was like that. You remember that Alanis Morissette song where she's like, I went to your house. I walked up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was that person. That? Unhinged. That's so good. I didn't really do anything or find anything. when they, I, yeah. That's not true. I looked at his laptop. Yeah. And oh, there shit. was a nudie pic of oh, some guy on his screen. Damn right. Unclear, like, is this just porn? Did someone yeah. send this to you directly? Unclear. I, I And... He had it. This is such a weird story that it's kind of going nowhere. I apologize. But I love it. In one of my last, like, like I'm gonna fucking tell you, how, you know, one of those speeches I tried to right. give, and one of them I said, "You will something along the lines of like you'll you'll jump for the next shiny thing that comes your way, and that's how you are, you know, whatever." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I, when I'm looking into his computer, this right. like a month later or whatever. There's an open word document that he where he started something and didn't finish it. It was literally just that line. Like you'll the jump line for that the you next, told him. You'll jump for the next shiny thing that comes your way. Unclear if it was just like if it was like gonna be a journal entry or what he was gonna right. do with he was that. Write a song. Something. And um, Well, it landed. It, there was like a sick satisfaction that like he heard me. Yeah, he exactly. Itched. But I can turn a phrase. I'm sure he was like from the album Shiny Little Thing. <laughs> yeah. Please welcome. Oh wow. I went I was unhinged. I also did this is humiliating, but I wrote a I I I was taking guitar lessons at the time. I right. could play like five chords, not to okay. brag. I'm not a singer, I'm not a musician. Right. But I wrote a song about him, which is it gives me hives to even say that out loud. And um like I said, I was not mentally, I was not sure. well at this You're point. You're not a well woman. I, yeah, and I'm not, and I'm, I'm not into like um, earnest expressions of, you right. know, like, nothing is more earnest than like, I wrote a song for you. Yeah. Uh, can you You're imagine? it all. That's beautiful. Recorded it, sent it to him. <gasps> it was, you did it the whole way. I did it the whole way. Luckily, it's been removed, scrubbed from the internet, but Jesus What Christ. was the name of the song? It was so stupid. It was like, the refrain or the chorus or something was about how like, this... <laughs> The seasons change, but I keep whatever there was something about different seasons and stuff. Sure. So the name of the song was "Climate Change," right? It's like okay, you you know, you're a metaphor for yeah, what's happening. It's happening to the world, but also it's happening to, to, to my us. world. Yes. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. That's right. Fuck. Um, I think it's time to dig that out again. I think it's time. Should I? Uh, climate change should maybe probably give it a be beat. Maybe make it, maybe like reinvent yeah. it. Yeah. You know, if Cher can sing ABBA. Yeah. How exciting is it that she's going to do a whole album of that shit? I didn't. Is that true? Yes. Wow. I know you guys are on your Mamma Mia 2 kick because it's a, a, a topic uh, that never gets tired of, of, course not. of being considered. Um, that movie was irresistibly terrible. Loved every second of it. <laughs> Made not a lick of sense. No. Uh, you love the Dancing Queen number. Of course. I th- well, who doesn't love Dancing Queen? It is the, the most perfect, magical song. It's never not magical. It's like you want to dance to it, but it's not that fast. How right. do they do that? Yeah, that's, that's true. How, it's not super fast, but you've got to dance, right? But I swear to God, any movement from that number in the boat, in the car, on the bikes... They made up in the van on the way to the set. Oh, for sure. There was not a lick of thought 
I no. mean, it really looked like somebody palling around after someone's wedding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God. And, I, uh, uh, and it worked. And it, it works. Like, you still smile, but I really feel like if, if an artist walked onto that set, they would die of loneliness. <laughs> but Cher, they're all good. I don't know what my point is. But Cher's releasing a whole album. I mean, that's great. Yeah. She's doing I, all album songs. I had, I, you know, I grew up in Southern Ohio and had like yeah. a remarkably gay childhood for what for living in like right. a village in like the bible belt somehow from starting at like probably age like nine ten would make like i had i had like a group of gay male friends none of us were you know we were yeah. all prepubescent but sure. we had a gay sensibility right You're and doing for some of us stuff. it was just like very clear like yeah if this kid ends up being straight that will be a surprise right. as opposed to you know ever having to come out of the closet anyway like, I had, like, in this tiny town, like, five or six guy friends who were all all gay now. That's and were amazing. clearly gay then. But so we You were, were like, your like, own queer eyes at 10. Fully. Except instead of, like, making people over, we would... We were always, like, making, like, music videos in yeah. my room. A lot of ABBA. Sure. A lot of, like, experimental, like, dancing with scarves and stuff. Sure. And That's incredible. Do yeah. you have those videos? God, I wish. Yeah. I don't know. My mom might have them somewhere. That's amazing. Did you did you think your parents figured out that you were gay early on? Did you did, was it kind of like the jig was up pretty early, or was it? Full, yeah, fully, very, oh, really? very like like I as long as I can remember, only gravitated toward I, dolls and right. I, I was obsessed with the Wizard of Oz and Judy Garland. Every stuff. every cliche thing I ticked off all the boxes, right? And um, and was super super effeminate. But you don't strike me as super effeminate now. Not that that's bad or good. Right. Well, I, But if you had told me, you know, I played football, I was in sports all the year, I did, if you told me that story, I would have bought it. Right, yeah, and that was never me, but I did, I was, it, I did have the, I was like kind of, like, like femme shamed by my dad and like right. had it terrorized out of me at a young enough age where it was kind of like, you're already so self-conscious right. no matter who you are and you are still kind of like, um, like around like 11, 12, you're kind of like, what's my personality going to be? Like I'm right. going to decide as opposed to letting right. it come naturally. Everyone does that. But then you're doing that because you're being told you have to. Right. Did you have and dance it, shame? I mean, I, I had a touch I, of the dance shame and you know, I love the dance. Of course. But, but I remember like choreographing this dance to Boogie Oogie Oogie by A Taste of Honey, one of my yeah. favorite disco songs. And the sliding glass door was kind of like a mirror. And I, you know, I get, okay, I know, like, the counts, and then we do this to the side. Like, I had it down. Yeah. And I do remember that if anybody had walked in, it would have been, like, being caught masturbating. Yes, or right. It would have been, like, bad. There was shame around it, which is a sad thing. It is, because it, because it's, you know, it, it's... it's and yet we keep going. We and keep we did the, uh, the school plays, and we fucking found our way. But I was never... I, like a musical theater head only because I didn't have access to it. And right. so I didn't really take, I didn't take like dance or voice yeah. or any of the stuff that I know I, I would have naturally gravitated to. yeah. toward. But you were like a, like a dancer dancer, well, right? I grew up in a small town, so I wasn't able to t- take an actual dance class until college. But oh, then really? I got more into it. I was, I started late. I, I, I did it enough to get hired to do it sometimes yeah. on cruise ships and stuff. So, um, hey, but hey, I, hey, wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't, What's that? Ain't nobody ever hiring me for dance. Yeah. I can tell you that. So, yeah, and that was cool to be like, a, I'm a dancer. Yeah. That's cool to even say now. Like, I, yeah, I did that. 
Um, but it, I was, it started, once I could go, I was like on it, like yeah. at 17, like taking all the classes and, and all of that different stuff. Now, I saw you in a production of Boys in the Band. Oh my God, yeah. At the Coast Playhouse. And you were band fucking tastic as an actor. You really created a character. I remember I had just gotten to know you a little bit, not that long before that. Yeah. It was a great production. I was knocked out by you specifically. Do you still want to pursue acting? How do you feel about acting? It, I don't. I don't really even like think about it that much now. Or think of yourself as that way. Yeah, I don't like. I don't like describe myself as an actor, right. but that's my that's my background. That's your background. So I went to college for and stuff, but that was the last time I like, and that was in 2010, and that's the last time I was like did something that felt like a like a real thing. Acting. I got a feeling and, from everybody because I got to interview everybody for my whatever dog and pony show I was doing at the time, but. That I felt like that production meant a lot to a lot of people. Yeah. As artistically and as gay guys, right? Yeah, like the group of guys that I was in. And we, this if you was told like me a, that we had we have dinner every month, I would believe it. That felt like that. Totally. And like yeah. I never see those guys, but but I feel connected to them for life, for sure. Right. Like we went through a thing. I mean, talk about having a, like, like post-show blues right. after that. I mean, that was – having that end was devastating. Right. Um because it was so satisfying to do, but anyway, I like, you know, I, I, I just was. Other than that, and like doing like a couple commercials here and there, right. and like tiny little TV things, I was a, I, I was failing. You know, it was, right. it was just not happening, and so right. it was. Then you, everyone's like, write your own stuff, do your own stuff. Yeah. And through doing that, I started to be like, oh, the I'm like. I think I'm a little better at the writing part. The and doors just were opening like, a little bit more. Doors yeah, were yeah, opening yeah. a little more, and and it's nice to not to to like have less focus on like how do I look or what do yeah. people think of me from the it's outside. It's a little more empowering. Like yeah. a lot of actors are like, "How am I coming across? Am I going to get the call?" Yeah. But as somebody who thought who watched it and thought you're really great at that, I feel I feel a little bummed that like. Uh, there's, I want more. That's very sweet of you. And to I'm say. wondering if you want more. I, I, you know, I, I'm not. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. But I, I sometimes think of it like it was like an, it was an abusive relationship. Yeah. And so good that I moved away from it. And you, yeah. But there's always that part of you that hopes that that abusive or maybe ex it'll come will, around. will show up with yeah. the, the jam box and beg, you know, yeah. Take yeah or back. maybe it'll come around in a different way. Yeah. Well, that's one of the journeys of this whole life for me in the in. in Los Angeles and trying to do creative things is like I don't know I think I think sometimes we think if we suffer for things they're more likely to happen mm. I don't think that's true it's more scattershot and random than that yeah do you know what yeah. I'm saying like so and that there are that there are seasons for stuff and yeah that that's okay and that right. the season changes oh going back to climate change I think, really song. I think you need to bring that back um please let's let, do you have a recording we can end this with but oh going God, out and here so sending you sending you into the day with Matt McConkey and climate change um I also remember your your portrayal of this character was a little more effeminate mm -hmm. than you you present normally and I thought that was well done and interesting and talk about like um, finding that guy. I know it's a long time I, ago. It was a long time ago. So I, I, but the play but, is kind of in the zeitgeist now. And yeah, I, and, I mean, and um, Dave Holmes actually just saw that. Oh yeah, um, we haven't talked about it yet. But Who plays your part on Broadway? Jim Parsons, a fellow, a young, a young up and comer by the name of Jim Parsons is playing my part. I am. I have yet to 
I don't know him. I haven't met him. Yeah, I haven't either. I don't... <laughs> the other night at Mismatch Game, <laughs> one of the actors was playing Zoe Deschanel, Tom Lank. And oh, nice. He... He did some answer, and it was clearly Zoe, and he's being a person. And then he just kind of ended up being Tom Lank, and, and just <laughs> I don't know. He just sort of said something about Jim Parsons, and I don't remember what it was, but it felt like, oh, that's what he really thinks. Oh, and there was a little bit of shade? A little bit funny. of shade. Like, he's not that fun in person, or I don't know oh, yeah, what yeah, it yeah. was. <laughs> it tickled me. I don't know. I think I just, I, there's a guy in my condo complex who works as an accountant for Big Bang. And he told me one day that part of his job is every week to go and give all those actors a, a check for a million dollars. Or like a stub or whatever that... that yeah. Yeah. And Insane. so I'm just jealous. Of course. That's yeah. fucking crazy. You're getting a million dollars a week for a syndicated show. show that's in syndication. Oh my God. You're it's crazy. Playing so a Jim Parsons role. is playing your part. All right. Yeah. Emmy winner. That's yeah. okay. Different direction. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did, did, did Dave like it? Uh, I haven't gotten his review. I heard they cut it down. He, yeah, they cut it down, which to me wasn't even uh, that didn't need to, it didn't need to be cut down. That's um, what you do on cruise ships when you want people out in the casino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or they, at the buffet the or Vegas. Oh, um, you know, although I do, there's something nice about a 90 minutes and you're out thing. I just Absolutely. my point is I I was knocked out by that and I still think of that production and um, no, I, no. I could tell that it meant a lot to the people around it. Um, and then you've gotten into the writing thing. You yeah. just went through the Writers Access Project thing that I did a few years yeah. ago. You blazed that trail. I blazed yeah. it. Yeah. I set it on fire. What was, did you have a good experience with it? I had a great experience. I it's, did too. I like the mentors. I liked being chosen. Yes. That, that's really the thing. Is and that, also it's a blind judging. So there's no... They don't know your name. They don't yeah. know anything about you. They just know the words on the page. They're literally just picking you based on that. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I think that's the biggest value is that it's just like you never get any fucking a stamp of validation. And yeah. That's, that, that's a nice one. Yeah. What's your script, spec script that you submitted about? That what it is called um, Hey Girl. And okay. it is about a, a gay guy, like kind of a... Like a like a kind of an unlikable, a bit of an anti-hero. Sure. Um, anyway, it's a half-hour comedy about him. He's a gay serial monogamist who's about who's in the cold open gets dumped by his dream guy. Uh, sorry, um, left at the altar essentially. Right. And uh, and so it's about him like kind of diving back into the dating pool, but more right. like realizing that he's one of those people who leans on his friends when he's he's like out there kind of playing the game looking right. for, you know and then as soon as he gets into a relationship dumps his friends he vanishes he, he vanishes he's one of those people and so this right. is about him kind of trying to like trying reverse to that the actually be like a good friend to his that's cool I like that thing I want to read it I'll send it to you I mean it awesome. was like I wrote it a while I'm sure there's stuff in there that I would never say now but you, you got know. it it got it says something it got it got chosen this is a competitive thing the, yeah, the yeah. Writer's Access project. Um, wait when what script did you, was, was this I sent, submitted the, the pilot script for Misadventures in the 213 my novel like, oh uh, right but it, it had been re- I wrote it relatively recently I didn't write it back then um, well I'd yeah. love to read that I will send it to you I want to make it happen it's my it feels like a thing that I I, I an unfulfilled thing that yeah. I never got an adaptation made of that book or whatever. Um, so, but it's, you know, 
There's bound to be a streaming service name. Schmeckle. Oh, we could shoot geez. a couple web things, get it up there. Come on, somebody somewhere. I know. Do you think being gay is a thing in terms of your career and writing and TV and... Like, do I think it's like held me back or something? In a way, or is it a factor? I try not to like even think about it right. as one, but um, it was it was definitely a factor acting. Like, yeah, one of the big like blows that it, it happened in that. And this was before like I did Boys in the Banner and that right. stuff. Was um, I had this uh, experience where I went. I was in New York, like visiting, and I had one friend there who sort of knew everyone and wanted to help me. Right. I was like, while you're here, I'm going to send you on a bunch of meetings, introduce you to a bunch of reps and stuff. Fuck yeah. This is when I'm like 22 years old and right. wide eyed, and I'm like, great. I've got my hard copy headshots. It's I've like got ghosties. My, all of it. I've watched Top Model. It's like a ghost scene, exactly. but not modeling. And I've got a stack of DVDs that are all like commercials and student films because that's all I had to show. That's right. And so this friend saw one of the student films was a like a gay love story like right. kiss you know right. that happens a big like makeout culminates in a big makeout between me and this other guy and um, and so this friend was like this is all great I'm gonna send it, but like when you go to these go sees essentially don't give anybody that film and I was like that sucks but I get it it was a different time and it was like just don't don't. Try don't 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 let them pigeonhole you before don't lean they into get a chance it. to. And it was shitty, but I wasn't. I had no. I was like, okay, fine. Like I, I have no. Right. I'm gonna um, take your advice. You're the expert. Totally. Yeah. And so I r- ran around to a bunch of these meetings, and they were very frantic and fast, and it was a lot of people who were like, "Get out of my office!" Basically. So weird, right? I've been to a few of those. Yeah, and where they're they're just doing it as a favor to a friend. Exactly, and, and they're not even feigning, and, and so it was humiliating. But then. I get back to LA. I literally get off the plane and I have a voicemail from this woman who is a big manager. And she yeah. was like, I'm so sorry I didn't give you the time, but I just looked at your stuff. I just started reviewing your stuff and I'm in. And, it, and she was like, and I spoke to this agent. And they're God, really to get, it was the kind of a phone, phone call. call. Yeah. And, um, and she was like, you, you know, you're, you're there, but I'm here, but we're going to do this. And so we had like about a week where we're fully rocking and rolling we're talking every day. She's we're big plants. We're taking over the world. Nothing's really happened yet. We haven't like started yet, but um, but she gets this, you. She gets me, and she Ugh. whatever she saw, she liked. Anyway, this just goes on for like this is before uh, climate change. She hadn't even heard climate change. Yes, yet. I know. I you know what? I should track her down. <laughs> anyway, long story short, we're for a few days. We're talking all the time. We're emailing all the time. Great, great, great. And then it just stops. I don't hear from her. Radio silence. She's she ghosted on you. Completely ghosted me. And the friend who introduced us called me and she's like, hey, did you give her that DVD I told you not to? And I'm I'm like scanning Replaying. my brain. I'm like, fuck, I did. I didn't mean to. And she goes, yeah, apparently she didn't watch that at first. She watched your other stuff. And then as the week went on, she eventually was like, oh, there's one other I haven't seen yet. And popped it in. Sees a gay kiss. Calls the mutual, the mutual friend and is like, "Hey, is he, is he gay? Because I just saw this thing. Seems very gay." And she's and the friend is like, "I didn't want to lie, so I said yes." And she was like, "Well, I'm not interested in that." And so, literally, oh, didn't shit. even have the balls to call me and tell me that. Because even if she had said like, "Hey, I know this is fucked up, but it's we need such to we need to lean climb. into this other way." Yes, if, if, even if she'd if, said, "Yeah." 
even if she had said that, I at least would have respected it. It was yeah. just like that's the reality. It's a challenge to to like break a new actor, no matter what. And we were just at a different times time in terms of representation. I mean, that like right, you know, it's so, shitty that she couldn't even engage you after that. Literally, never spoke to me again. It's devastating. And by the way, if you represents queer queer people now is like I, I've like looked her up a couple of times. She's she's active and progressive in all the right ways. So right. I don't this is not a, a homophobe by any means. No, but, but don't you kinda wanna stick it to her in a way? Hundred percent. Don't you wanna be like somewhere being Mr. Successful and Yeah. Big mistake. Big huge. mistake. Huge. You wanna have your big mistake? Yeah. Huge moment with her. I wanna have it. I wanna witness it. That's a heartbreaker. I do it think sucks. that like I'm not one of those writers that writes about horror movie horror stories or genre like like my sweet spot is my life things i observe the world you know mm-hmm. and i think i would have done better if i could have gone on one of those genre paths but it's not who i am so you know what i'm yeah. saying it's it's that i i write about my own life and i'm gay guy so i don't know yeah. it's whatevs we're still here we're still we're here. still we're here still we got standing. a snoring dog we got a nice view We've got, We've got healthy muffins. Some very loud uh, lawn mowing happening yeah. outside. I hope now, right. I was reading up about Heather's. You worked on the TV show Heather's. Uh, R.I.P. R.I.P. Is it devastating? Because it was going to air, and now it's not going to air. It was, yeah, and we so we wrote and shot the first season, and right. then it was delayed because of uh, there, there's a lot of school violence that happens in right. it. There was, you know, one of many mass shootings. Right. And to, so they delayed the premiere, and then... They decided to go ahead, even though it was delayed, and start the season two writers' room. Right. So then we're writing season two. We're about two thirds done with writing season two when they announced, "Oh, actually, we're not going to delay it. We're not going to air it at all." Right. And so we still had to finish writing season two because we were contracted to, and they right. were like, "We might be able to sell, sell it somewhere the else to Schmeckle screen streaming service." Exactly. Uh, hopefully, right. it will um, <laughs> be paired with misadventures. Exactly. Although so, mine's going to be done with sock puppets in a room in the valley. You guys have great. nice production value. Well, in season one we did. Season two never got shot. But yeah. So um, it was. How it much was did that hurt? Bummer. It, it well, it hurt. But my thing is like, check cleared. Can't. Well, there's that. Right. But also, you can't be mo- the. Sh- it, it is the showrunner show. When you're a staff writer, you're just there to like support the showrunner, help them make the show. One they of the best make. lessons of the Writers Access Project. One hundred percent. You walk into that interview are. and you're like, "My job is to serve your vision." Exactly, and it's true. Yes, and they, and they, because it's their baby, they're the ones whose name yeah. is on every episode, and they got the fucking hardest job in the world. Exactly, and so Jason McAuliffe, who yeah. was our showrunner, was obviously bummed, but like he took it in stride, and is right. still taking it in stride. There's still some murmurings of selling it somewhere right. else, but I don't think anyone's like counting on that. But I, so I get, I, I guess my my take is you can't you can't be more upset than yeah. the showrunner because right. it is their show. So, exactly. Um, so you have to get you got to approve your thing. Yeah. But I mean, I know there's never like what are we gonna let's hope for a summer with no school shootings and we can slip it exactly. in. Exactly. Like, <laughs> but happening? I did watch the the trailer online and it was it looked like it was really well imagined and. Drew Drogi. Drew Drogi. Uh, your friend and mine. Best. I know. When is he going to be uh, Jim I mean, Parsons? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. The fact that that was like his... I mean, he's, he works nonstop. Yeah. But it's like... But you want him to pop, pop, pop. I want him to... 
yeah. you know. And he still he, is and will continue to, yeah. but he, he was so great. And then he played the, plays the, like, snarky drama yeah. teacher. And he, and, and so, and my friend Deanna Chang played um, the guidance counselor, okay. Miss Fleming. And so yeah. the, those, those two are sort of an odd couple that right. are sort of the, provide the, like, comedic relief to all the dark shit. Yeah. And it's it is it's a loss that people can't just see them do their thing. Yeah, and, and see that. Was it a fun job to work on? Totally. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, the writers' room was really fun. I, yeah. I knew most of the people before. Right. And um, and then we wrote everything before wrapped the writers' room before production before they started. started. Yeah. So you would just go to set for your episode. Okay. So you'd be there. For, you'd have like a week. And, um, Where was that in LA? Yeah, it was at a studio deep in the valley. I can't remember where. I want to say it was a former yeah. porn hub. That all and the then, good places are. But um, Greg Araki directed my oh, how sexy and fun. It was uh, he's really nice. Yeah, I got to go on a group vacation and he was on it. And his movies were so edgy, and he is sweet. He's so sweet. He's and, different than you would think based yeah. on his movies. I really yeah. like him. And that's um, cool. Yeah, it was uh, like I, it was very cool just to feel like I was working with him. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, but right. just to like yeah. watch him do his thing, live and learn. And um, well, yeah, I hope it emerges awesome. somewhere. And you have a sort of show that you sold to pop. Yeah, what's and going on with it? TBD. I don't know. It's it's this um, is half it, hour. Is it a scripted story? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and um, so it's a half hour comedy for pop called spinning and it's okay. about a it, it's it's kind of like a like a like a murder mystery ish um comedy and so i don't know i think I, I i think i will know in the next couple of weeks if it is gonna get the next thing is just like are so you, you gonna shoot, shoot it or are you not gonna shoot it and I, so is it gonna is it like we'll shoot a pilot but that's where are they gonna say we're gonna fucking do eight episodes? I think it's just we're gonna shoot the pilot and then see how it goes. Okay. And, and it's looking very good. Like they might shoot it. I'm That's not certainly not putting any eggs in any baskets, right. but it's just fun. And it's also like, oh, this is when you finally get to like dream about actresses that you right. could be in it and all that yeah. stuff. So it's that this is the like fun kind of like fantasizing yeah. part of it, um, and it's a lot of, like. It's mostly a cast of like over forty females, right on. Like, which is like that's who I want to see on TV right. for the rest of my life. So I love it. Um, anyway, I don't know. We'll I see. hope it happens. Um, what's the dream? What's the dream situation for you? Oh my god, I don't know. Like just to be consistently employed, right? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I like. I would love to just. I'd love to get paid to keep writing uh, yeah. and I'd love to get to work on other people's shows a lot more. And I'd love to get to, you know, create my own stuff as well. Um, and would you want to be a showrunner? Like, like with, with spinning, you would be right. That would, you'd be your thing. I think so. I, and yeah, and yeah I, I mean, I think, yeah, I would like to do that. Um, yeah. and, uh, and I and I want to like partner with people and collaborate with people yeah. and like it, it is it's such a you know it's a collaborative medium and yeah um, so yeah I don't know but I don't even I, I actually don't think that much about 
I'm pretty short term focused right. at the moment. One foot in front of the other. It's funny, it's like I've, I think the only time I've ever made a vision board was with you. You had like a vision board. Were you at one party. of the vision board yeah. parties? <laughs> I think you're I, like his. His are clearly not working. I think no. I one and done. I'm one and done on this. They were. It, yeah. it was. It was like what was on your vision board? I forgot you were at one of those. It, I was very proud of it. I honestly still think it just looked really great. Like, I know. It's, sometimes it's just cool to do a collage. It's, I mean, there was on my, a lot of Jennifer Aniston on mine, of course. And we have to talk about we Aniston. Talk about Fuck. You are like the diehard Aniston fan of all time. And I want to... I want to... I want to scratch that surface. Well, I want to drill down, as they yeah. say. She's one of the questions I picked was just so I could have an excuse okay. to talk about Jen. Well, I want to discuss it with her. I think she's totally underrated as an actress. I think she's aging beautifully. Yes. You got to do. I you think got, she's really funny. I think that she does things in movies that a lot of the more respected actresses could never do in a million years. Mm-hmm. In terms of like, but I'm pissed that she didn't get nominated for an Oscar for Cake. So pissed. She was you so were, good. You were at a it. real champion of that. I was a champion of Cake because yeah. I I I, uh, I saw a screening and I was just knocked out by it and then I got to uh, meet the writer Patrick Tobin and we became friendly and yeah yeah I love the cake. I'm all about the cake. Your I remember your interview with him was really great. Oh uh, thank you. Was, yeah, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. So why Aniston? Why Aniston? Uh, I mean it's like mostly a, it's a kind of a joke but like a joke that has gone so far and for so long that it's right. become real it's like you started yeah. like that. you were that kid that liked elephants so people started giving you elephant exactly. stuff and then you were like I guess I really love them yeah and it's like I, I, it's nice to just have a thing that right. people you know what I mean like I right. don't have a thing other than that but but I do genuinely love her and I do think it, that it's funny when people talk about her as an underdog because it's like this is like one of the like, Richest, most successful yeah. actresses of our time right but there is still an underdog quality to her and I, 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 but I like, I, I'm, I'm, fu- I fully buy into the, 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 the soapy narrative of her being like a survivor of these heartbreaks, right? And a How'd you that rises above? When the Justin thing fell apart, did you take it in? Did you take it on? Were you upset by it? Um, I was because I really like him. I know a they're a sexy his. couple. Did you watch the leftovers? No. I love. I was obsessed with the leftovers. Okay, so that was a very good time period for me. I've got we've got Justin in my favorite TV show. Right. He's married to my favorite actress. Um, he doesn't wear underwear when he jogs sometimes. No, and he. I mean, and, and his body is not. It's not right. It's simply not right. It's, it's not so, it's subhuman. Yeah, it's too much. Um, but he wears uh, leather and stuff anyway. Yeah, and they just seemed so. That was the that to me felt like the best. Not it's not even a rebound, but it's kind of like Brad Pitt is just aging into this dusty old 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 lady, right? You know, while she's got this hot younger yeah. husband. So it was a bummer. It was a bummer when it didn't happen. But it's nice to like see her back in the spotlight. Yeah. You know, telling everybody she's she's fine. Yeah, she always has to tell everybody that she's okay. Yeah. We're worried about her, Jen. Here's my question with her: What commercials does she turn down? Good question. Because she's doing a lot. It's a lot. It's a little. It's like it seems a little greedy. Yeah. Don't you think it must? Let Alyssa Milano do one of them. Exactly. Yeah. She could actually use a baby. I don't know what her situation is. But yeah, because when you've got when you've got friends' money, you don't need any endorsement deals. Let alone she's got at least four at any given moment. Smartwater, Avino, I Love, and 
Emirates Airlines? Maybe. Um, a lot. It's a lot. And they're also like, it's such a weird collection of... Yeah. Pro- it's such a weird yeah. specific Her per- portfolio. What's your J- Jennifer Aniston fantasy for meeting her, spending time with her, working with her? Well, she, what's, uh, your, what's your dream? The dream would have been that, she, like when I started working on this pilot, yeah. they hadn't announced that Apple show she's doing with Reese Witherspoon. Oh, yeah. And I was like, she's prime for her own show. Right. This the, is the, the spinning pilot. Yeah. Yeah. And she's the right age. She's the right yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine if I if I was yeah. able to participate in her return to television? Right. I mean, I could I could die happy. Yeah. I don't think that's in the cards. You never know. But it could happen. Yeah, that would be the dream. Yeah. Just like giving, and, and have like, you met her? Have you seen her? Well, person? that's why I picked one of these. Yeah. These, the one of the cards I'm gonna I get to those cards right now actually was um what's your best random celebrity signing? Okay. What's your best random celebrity signing, Matt McConkey? So, um. In the mid two thousands, that you know, Merrick's in West Hollywood. Of course, was I was there last night. It's yeah, it, she was a Merrick's yeah, girl. She was a Merrick's girl. She helped put them on the map. Yeah, in LA. and this was at the height of like it's one of the last seasons of Friends. Right. So this is when they're making a million yeah. an app, and she's married to Brad. Right. She's look. She's at the peak of beauty. Yeah. Also, Louis Fertel described this time period as when um, everyone's hair was a parenthesis. Yes. They had that straight hair that sort of curved in. It's true. And so, anyway, she would be there, and that became, like, my hangout. I lived near there. I worked near there. And um, I there were there was a time that I was on that little patio out front, which is very – there's, like, three tables, very small. Right. And uh, – I was there with a couple friends. She was there with Catherine Keener. Like this, like, uh, yeah. I don't know how, very close to us. Right. And a, and that's, we're the only people out there. And so, of course, we're trying to carry on with our evening and act normal and not right. just stare. Right. But um, I couldn't help shake. The, and we're all, we're all just had, drinking margaritas. And how many and, in your group? Three people okay. in my group. And we're all drinking margaritas and smoking cigarettes. Right. And so you're on the patio part. On the patio. And wow, Jen does the patio. Yeah. At the height of French, Jen was on the well, patio. She, I thought she might be tucked. Well, she's probably smoking. Smoking. Yeah. And so they would tuck her away. We're all trying to be cool, and I ke- I can't shake the feeling that she's looking at me. Yeah. Like, and I like steal a glance, and she's staring at me, and I'm trying to just not. It's those take two it eyes. In. I'm like, what's happening? She feels this. Like, right. it's about to happen. The friendship is about to right. finally, you know. Begin, but and so finally, I had to just turn to her and look at her like, Hey, like, not like, Why are you staring at me? but just yeah. kind of like, Hey, and she goes, Can I have a cigarette? She like did the motion for a cigarette. I was like, Oh, oh of course, and I'm like, just so grabbing you're like them Vera out with the straws on Alice, which you're probably too young to know that reference. <laughs> no, but yes, like, yeah. just <laughs> cigarettes flying everywhere, just <laughs> throwing them at her. Please, please, please take them. Oh my god, yeah. I love it. She goes, can I have one for her too, Catherine Keener? Of course. Oh my yes. God, please. And so then we're just on the high of that having yeah. happened. And then her assistant shows up and to give her her, her smokes. And she yeah. goes, oh, give some to these guys. They get, they bumped some to us. <gasps> so he comes and gives us her. That's so nice. 
it's shocking that I don't have that framed that I can. Yeah. The story should end in me presenting you the this, and here's the cigarette. I yeah. keep it up my asshole. But I think I probably just smoked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn right. No, it's all right. You still smoke? No. Just let it go. Let it go. You know what? But it helped you. It, it helped you at one point. It's yeah. good to you. You get. It gave you a gen moment. Yeah. She it, seems nice. It was a gateway drug. It was a gateway drug to Jennifer Aniston. What are the other oh. questions? Let's take hand me these yeah. questions. Okay. What was the first concert you went to? I think it was Cindy Lauper. It okay. was either Cindy Lauper the True Colors tour, or right. it was the Jackson Five Victory tour. Yeah, which was when they like got back. They all got back together, but Michael was still Michael. Yeah, right. one of those two because yeah. they were around the same time. Okay, pretty cool. A first concert. Yeah, for my mom to have taken. Your mom to. took you. Yeah, you were into it. Yeah, I mean, I, those are both so like I was so young, I barely remember. Yeah, I love that though. What was your worst audition or job interview? Um. I don't could I don't think it can get any worse than that manager in New York. I'm really pissed off at her. She sucks. I know. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't know what if I she wins a Glad Award someday? An ally. Oh my Would god! Would you storm the stage? I will be outside. Uh, I'll be a protest party <laughs> of too. one. Yeah, I too. I'm there. I am outraged at that. Thank you. It's a heartbreaker. Because yeah. it's everything you you hope isn't really the way it is. Yeah, exactly. You hope people have more nuance or whatever. You hope it's not that cut and dry. Yeah. Anyways. What song makes you cry? Uh, probably Over the Rainbow. Mm, whose version? I mean, any Judy version. Any right. Any of the... Probably not not the one from the movie, but the ones when, when she's older. Yeah. Um, Carnegie Hall, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, when we were in Provincetown, we right. went... Dave and I hadn't partied like this in so long where we just drank all day. I, I got like like frat boy wasted right. in Provincetown and we ended the night, we just kind of like wandered into a piano bar. Have you been to Provincetown? Mm-hmm. And you know, I rode in a parade in Provincetown with Cindy Lauper. Oh my god. We were co grand marshals, so I was part of the radio show Twist. So it was me and my co host and then Cindy Lauper in this convertible with a few other people. Wow. She was not nice. She was unpleasant. She was not nice? No. That's a devastating. Dick. I sat right next to her, hip to hip, for like three hours through this parade, and she never said boo. And I'm holding, she was doing this, this, this she was trying to sing the song into a megaphone, and I was like holding up the words for her. I was trying to be helpful. Yeah. No. She had the, um, the energy around her was like, especially her assistant had that terror in her eyes, like a dog that had been beaten, like oh, no. something's going to go wrong at any moment. Yeah, it was not cool. Now, are we talking like how long Mid-2000s. ago? Mid 2000s, 2006. Yeah, that yeah. And that is a time period where, frankly, she should have been grateful to have been. She was just not. Still. I don't know. She was just weird. She had that energy around. It's that energy of like, like it's. Um, my dog drinking water. I don't know. If drinking water. We have lots of, we've had lots of, we've set a real scene, a yes. Saturday in Los Angeles. Very we've had a leaf blowers and a dog snoring and water and muffins. A lot it's all of the atmosphere. The atmosphere around City Lopper was like, like she was a mentally challenged person that everyone had to like constantly be aware of yeah, in a yeah, way. Yeah. Uh, oh, she doesn't want that wall to be there. Um, like there was that, that feeling in the air yeah. a little bit. Like a, cer- a sort of lack of awareness of other things. But she was there to be the Grand Marshal in this parade. And she went to like a party city and bought a bunch of stuff to decorate the car. Like she wanted to do a good job and yeah. stuff. So she just wasn't. 
Yeah, oh, that's bummer. Yeah, that's she's no Aniston. Real. Put it no. that way. Well, no one's an Aniston, and that's an unfair. When did you fall in love with Aniston? Friends? Friends, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Did you know if you go on the Warner Brothers tour, you can sit on the French couch and take a picture? Yeah, I have a picture. I, I, my, my family was visiting, and I yeah. couldn't go with them, and I have a picture of them on, on the, the French couch. Yeah. Uh, my friend that, that was, took the tour, he said he was talking to the guide, and he said the most, it's the most popular part of the tour. People love the French couch more than anything in the world, probably. Yeah. And I get it. It's comfort. It's, the, it's so comforting. It says it? friends. It says... It says Central Perk. It says, like... Yeah, it's all going to be okay. Curl it says it's all going to be Yeah, yeah. So no one told you life was going to be okay. That's right. We used to laugh, Tony, my old roommate, we used to do the podcast together. They would, you know, they repurpose all these interviews. And Jane Polly would end up on these, like a half hour about friends that was airing at, uh-huh. you know, 1230 at night. And they would do the, the runarounds. So she would, the, the open in the show, she'd go, so no one told you life was going to be okay. Like, so she would say that your job's a joke, you're broke. It was just so weird. And then the next one was about Cheers, and she did the same gimmick. Anyway. Where everybody knows, knows your, your name. name. It just was, A, lazy, B, embarrassing, yeah. C, hilarious. Yeah. In, yeah. in that order. Um, Matt McConkie, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Did we cover uh, all your songs on the observation deck? We covered it all. We could have gone through the whole thing. So, um, was this epically yeah. long? I mean, no, wow. it's about it's about we're right in the sweet spot. Oh, great, nobody cares. No, it cares. <laughs> um, no, we love it. Um, what is your idea of a perfect day? Oh my god, um, it definitely involves you know it, the perfect day is taking Faye, my dog, who's made yes. way too much noise during this interview. It's okay to Rosie's dog beach in Long Beach. I've never been with my dog Enzo to the dog beach. I want to go. Oh, you gotta go. It's the best. It's, I mean, Long Beach is. A Can we do that sometime? 100%. Is Rosie too old and um, acupuncture-y and to go, or does she still love the dog? Oh, beach? she loves it. I mean, she doesn't care that much about the beach or the other dogs. But right. She just likes she being she, there. It's a place she can run, and she'll like get her paws a little wet, but she doesn't want to go in the water. I because Enzo's never been to the beach. I don't know what he'll make uh, of it. He pulls freak him out a little. He doesn't jump same. in. Yeah. But she loves the beach. She loves the beach, but she, yeah, she, she just likes being around. Yeah. It, and she likes going for a, like a leisurely jog. Yeah. Um, and it, it is, I really, I'm, if there's yeah. a heaven, I believe that is what yeah. it will look like. You want to hear something weirdly sad, morbid, weird, whatever. Whenever I see somebody on Facebook that lost an animal, mm-hmm. it's devastating. But then you also think, okay, what kind of post am I going to write when that day comes. Right. And somebody recently really nailed it. And I'm like, I'm going to shoot for that tone. That was very um, celebratory. Mm-hmm. I was like, that was the good dead dog tone. Right. Because that yeah, that's a hard one to strike. <laughs> it, it's always weird when people share grief on social media. It is. But it's also like, I haven't, luckily, I haven't lost a parent. Or yeah. Something. You know, like, I don't know what my impulse right. will be. Yeah. But... It is a place that I only associate with, like, jokes and news. Right. And outrage. Right. So. But sometimes it's like, you scrolling through and you're like, are there, who, what dogs are still alive? Show of hands. <laughs> Seems like there's a lot in rows. Uh, yeah. Like, maybe they die in threes like celebrities. Um, That's okay. Our dogs are never going to die, so. Yeah, we we're all, we're good to that. go. We're good yeah. to go. Uh, final question. How would you describe this time in your life? Oh, my God. Um... Optimistic, 
There you go. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That's Which excited. I've, don't, I've never said in my life. It, does that not feel like who you have been? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you, you it, seem I, a little more like um, realist, a real, more of a realist kind of uh, Yeah, I would say like usually I would like, ver- I, I, like realist, like verging on pessimist. Right. And, um, and a lot of like self-sabotaging. And, and I don't know, it, right now I don't. Consciously, I don't feel that way. Yeah, you're sitting like on the floor. Yeah. You don't sit on the floor when things aren't. Yeah, you cry on the floor. You cut. You like. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not crying on the floor. No, you're I'm just not sitting on the floor and having a good time. I've done a fair amount of reading on um, positive psychology, that field, but the, the idea of optimism, pessimism, and I've said this before on the podcast, but like they've sort of done this. Studies within this field have sort of said that pessimists are pretty much right. They see things kind of yeah. the way they are. But optimists do better in everything. Yeah. So if you can somehow flip that switch a little bit, your yeah. life's going to be better. Yeah, you have to. Even if you're it. not right, there's that's no glory the in being right. Yeah, that's the hard part. Is like yeah. you got to give your give yourself, let yourself off the hook from being right. Yeah. Yeah. And and thinking like, oh well, if I keep my expectations low, I'm going to protect myself. Yeah. I won't get hurt. Get your hopes enough. up. You're going to get fucking hurt no, no matter, matter what. what. This idea of like, oh, I can't get... I think get your hopes up. I wrote that on a rock once. I oh, want to know more about your vision board. Did anything come from it? It's never the last question when I say the last question. Well, the, oh, so I, I know there was a lot of Jen on it. And, <laughs> I, so this, is, this was... You'd already met her, though. I had already, yes. You'd already so had the cigarette That thing. part might still be like, yeah. that's TBD. But there was a lot of writing stuff. There was, yeah. there was like a typewriter. There, yeah, were, yeah, yeah. there was like a picture of like a guy like... Like a on set, like holding a script, and right? There, so there was like some there was some stuff, that job happened. stuff. There Do you still a, have it? I have it somewhere. Yeah, I have it somewhere. And there's a picture of like two guys like walking on the beach. Yeah. Michael and I have definitely done our fair share of that. Walking on the beach. Um, it's good. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. You should have another vision board party. We, well, I I do it, but sometimes it's just a few people or yeah. whatever. But here's why I think it's kind of fun and good. Is it like plant seeds in your own head so that when opportunities arise, you're, you don't hem and haw? Right. You're like, oh no. Like, for example, you know, I, I have co created this game, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, I put on my vision board that I was going to, I was gonna be wrapped in a Christmas thing. I wanted people to be able to give it to each other for Christmas this year. Mm-hmm. So when my co creator and I started planning, like, are we gonna do a Kickstarter or whatever? There wasn't enough time to do a Kickstarter thing because you re- to do that really right, you really have to do more. But yeah. the truth is, we didn't need that much money, so we did sort of a, an underground kind of same vibe. But we're going to get the games in the people's hands by Christmas, and that was really important to me. And I think because I visualized it or whatever, that was sort of like, no, what are the other options? Like I sort of pushed. Right. Yeah, it was, and because and it was also specific. It was specific, and I had already thought it through. Yeah. So when the moment comes, you're like, oh, no, I, I, I already told my Come From Away story on this podcast, but I would tell it to you again. I want to see Come From Away. I happen to be in New York. I put it on my vision board because I, I, you know, Broadway yeah. shows or whatever. And um, I didn't have a ticket, and I didn't have a lot of money, whatever, and they were sold out. And I was like, I'm just going to stand here in front of the box office until, you know, a couple minutes before the show and just see. Just see. Yeah. Because it's on my vision board, right? Dennis, just go. There's no tickets. What do you think is going to happen? Is one going to fall from the sky? And I'm like, no, it's on my vision board. I'm standing here. 
And I, all of a sudden I see this guy hold up this ticket on the, on the sidewalk. And I walked up to him and I said, is that a ticket for the show? And he's like, yeah, my wife had to leave town for work, so I have a ticket. And I said, and he goes, I go, where, where's it at? And he goes, it's, it's in the front row center. Oh. And I said, um, well, you're going to need cash for it, right? Right now. And it was like a $200, $300 ticket. Yeah. And I said, well, it's five minutes to curtain. I said, I'll give you all the money in my wallet. I have $101. And he goes, okay. Wow. And I took it and I went and I watched the, the and I cried through the whole show because it's amazing. Great. But right, wow. but if I hadn't thought about that, I would not have stood there. Wow, that's a great story. To, yeah, I, yeah. So anyway, have you seen Waitress? By the way, no, I want to go. It's the Pantages. Yeah, I, I've heard it's great. We're I, I heard that in New York they make the theater smell like pie. Oh really? Yeah, I don't know if they're going to do that here. But Ooh, I hope so. You know, I saw On Your Feet. Oh yeah, I fucking loved it. Yeah, I heard it was really fun. It's really good. It's it's not just oh I like these songs and it's jukeboxy. It's like there's grace notes. It's thoughtful. It's surprising. It's moving. The talent is out of this world. Was that Pantages too? Mm-hmm. Oh, so we missed. Yeah. That. Okay. So we're wrapping it up. How can people learn more about what you do? Um, I I'm on, I'm on Twitter at Matt McConkey. Yeah. And do you like tweeting? I feel like there's no upside. I feel like. I feel yeah, like rarely. Twitter is. I'm not into it, but anyway. I, no, I. Yeah, I mean, I. I it fits and starts. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll be quiet for a long period of time. It's a lot of Real Housewives sure. tweets, and you know, a lot of That's shameless, a safe place. shameless self promotion. Yeah, because you got to talk about the show and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you guys have? Do you have? A, do your fans have a name for themselves yet? Are we they homophiliacs? Tried to give them homophiliacs. I don't know that that has caught on. Why? <laughs> why the name homophilia? It's catchy. Because homophilia is like an was an old timey term, right? Or like a, like a clinical term. Oh, so like, it was like oh, these, like this is culture. a real yeah, yeah yeah. This is a real disorder. Somebody sent us like an upset message that they thought we were mocking hemophiliacs and hemophilia with the title, and it was like thank you. That's what we were like going that, for. But this is actually a real a thing. word. Yeah. Um, and I liked that it sounded like, you know, Invisibilia, that podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I liked that it sounded like that. Like, it's a, it's a, it's almost like it's a science. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. All right. Well, check out his podcast. It's, it's really fun. And this has been a pleasure. Thank All you, right. Dennis. Okay. Bye. Thanks again to Matt McConkey. Check him out on the Homophilia podcast. Um, so this happened since Homophilia deals a lot with, um, dating and romance and relationships and so forth. Um, I'm going to share a dating story I have with you guys. Okay. So I had a date last Thursday night. Here's the story. I met the fellow on Tinder and then, uh, he, let's call him Jay. Um, and then he suggested after some chat to go to WhatsApp, which is what he uses more regularly. So we switch over there and we're chatting and, um, we're going to meet, we're going to meet for dinner um, he's in Van Nuys, which isn't too far from me. So I suggest a place on Ventura Boulevard. Uh, I like El Torito Grill at the Sherman Oaks Galleria. Cause it's like, you know, I love Mexican food. And then this is a little, like a little step up. Um, they bring you lots of tortillas and stuff, whatever. Anyway, so I say today, El Torito Grill, eight o'clock, whatever. We're going to make Thursday. Cut to eight o'clock on Thursday. I'm sitting in front of El Torito Grill, but it is no longer El Torito Grill. It is called... Frida, this other franchise, which I am not nuts about. I think I've tried it once or twice, but it's not the place that I love. So I'm texting him going, hey, I goofed. This isn't even a restaurant anymore, but I'm sitting in front of it, so we can decide when you get here, whatever. So I don't hear anything. I don't hear anything. And I'm sitting in front of Frida, 
And I don't know if I mentioned this before on the podcast. I think I did. I got catfished like twice last year by guys that I would meet on like Tinder or something. Usually probably Tinder, right? And then they would want to transfer over to like text or uh, WhatsApp or whatever. And then they would lure me in. They were always kind of foreign and exotic. And one was a model from here, but he happened to be working in Norway. And then there would be like, they would really kind of suck you in and they'd be all sweet and send you pictures and shit. And then there would be like, oh, I don't think this guy's for real. Because I felt like with the Norwegian model person that his dog got held up at customs and I felt like he was going to be asking for money any second now, uh, which is a great way to begin a new love affair. Anyway, one guy I finally said, um, okay, take a picture, hold up, write up, write on a piece of paper, hi, Dennis, and hold it up next to your face and send it to me. And that was the end of that chat and that relationship. So I'm sitting there thinking, okay, this guy's uh, not showing up. He did do the switch from the dating app to the other app. Uh, he is a little foreign-y. Um, I feel like I'm. it's the third time and I fell for it again. I fell for it again, right? And he's not texting me. I'm not hearing anything. It's like... 8.30, 8.20. I'm sitting in front of Frida. And you know I do this one second a day app where I take a, a second of video to kind of keep a diary of what happens in my life and stuff. And I'm thinking, should I just shoot a one second of the front of Frida and just know that it equals um, disappointment and uh, humiliation and um, chagrin? Although I wasn't even that bummed, really. I was like, whatever. Um, so I'm about to do my one second and then he texts and he's like, uh, I didn't have Wi-Fi uh, at this restaurant. He's at the other El Torito, which is on uh, Van Nuys Boulevard in Ventura, which is about, you know, 10 minutes away. Not far at all. So, signals crossed, right? I'm like, don't move. I will be there. So I go there, and there he is. And he's, you know, looks like his pictures. And he's, you know, he's, you know, it's all good. And we, we end up not eating there. We go and get sushi across the street at this little place. And... Just have a nice chat, a nice time. He's cool. He's smart. He's uh, travels a lot. Um, he's got a great smile, right? And then uh, I, he's staying at a friend's house in Van Nuys. So I go and, and I drop him off there. And it's a little romantic. And it's kind of nice. And the long story short is this date that looked like it was going to be a, a catfish, which he had never heard of. He calls it swordfish. Uh, he's like, so you thought I was a swordfish? And I was like, I kind of thought you might be a swordfish. So <laughs> long story short is it looked like it was heading to calamity and it ended up not being that. It ended up being really nice. So we'll see what happens. But, um, you know, so uh, there's a reason to go on living is the point. Um, so yeah, that's it. So watch out for swordfishes, whatever you do. Actually swordfish, I feel like I got a swordfish. Catfishes are the ones you need to watch out for. Um, and that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye. <laughs>